Hello, everyone. This is the Anne Arundel County Police Department's Wellness Program Podcast. I'm your wellness officer, Corporal Betts, and in this episode, I am joined by Officer Ronald Ram from Northern District Patrol, where we will cover psychological health. Officer Ram, thank you for coming on to record episode three. For those of you who don't know Officer Ram, he's been with our department for one year, but before that, he was an officer in New Zealand for 14 years, an officer in Colorado for two years. I would assume that our listeners are thinking the same question as me. How did you get here? But we're saving that for later. Let's start from your beginning. Please tell us about your background, where you grew up, et cetera, in New Zealand. Okay. Uh, firstly, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm very humbled to be here. Um, so I grew up in, in a city called Auckland, New Zealand, um, born and bred there. A pretty big city, um, 4 million people. And at the age of 19, I joined the New Zealand Police Department. It's a national police department, so we had uh, back then 7,000 members. Uh, now I'll be, I'm 40 years old, so I've been doing this for a minute. So honestly, I never really knew much about New Zealand. You two things. Lord of the Rings was filmed there, and the citizens are called the Kiwis. So honestly, I didn't know anything about it. So I'm pulling up a map of Auckland, which is on the northern side of New Zealand, which is actually an island off of Australia. It's pretty far away. It is. Um, yes, we. it's not a big, big country. It's, like you see, the little cousin to Australia. Um, it's a three-hour flight to Australia. Um, but yeah, it has actually three islands, the North Island, South Island, and Stewart Island, which is really, really little, and that's at right at the bottom. Um, it takes a long time to get there, um, over a day in travel. So getting to and from is pretty difficult. It takes a lot of time and money and energy <laughs> to be able to make the trip home. Yeah, I did uh, Google Flights. So to get there, it's one day and two hours. To get back, it's one day and seven hours, and it costs $5,000 per person to and from. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time on the plane. So do you go back often? Um, because of everything you just said, um, I actually haven't been back since I moved um, here to the States in 2009. Um, like you said, there's a lot of money involved. Um, put that together with the time getting vacation, things like that. It's uh, You really have to go for at least the three weeks, if not longer, to make it worth your while. So I'm sad to say um, that I haven't been back. All my family is still there. I'm actually trying to bank up some vacation time. So hopefully in the next couple of years, I'll be able to take my daughter back there and spend some decent time with family and friends. Awesome. Is it a good place to visit for anyone that is thinking about going there, other it's... than the cost? <laughs> <laughs> other than the cost and the time, it's, it's a beautiful place to visit. Um, a lot of people who have visited Canada have compared it to that. Um, the mountains, you know, we have a lot of uh, outdoor things. And if you're into nature and hiking and things like that, beautiful place. Um, don't know if you know this, but bungee jumping was invented in New Zealand. Oh, uh, so, fun fact. Fun fact. Um, so if you're a thrill seeker, there's a lot of things to do back there. Awesome. Are there any major differences between living there and Anne Arundel County, the cost of living, would it be a good place to retire, things like that? Um, honestly, it's uh, it's becoming a lot more expensive now. Um, the average house price in Auckland, where I was from, for a two-bedroom home, you're looking at at least 400000 $500,000. And we're looking at areas that you may not want to live in. So wow. the housing market is ridiculous. Um, it is a great place to retire if you can afford to. Um, I have a 24-year-old son in New Zealand 
and uh, we're working towards getting him a house. But of course, being prices so high, it's a long-term goal. So um, one day, um, I do hope to go back there to retire. But again, it all you know, finances will dictate what happens. Yeah, it sounds like it's more expensive than here, which is already pretty expensive and why a lot of officers live out of county. Yes, sir. Um, absolutely. Well, that's another story. So was the lifestyle any different there? I mean, I know it was a major city, but mm -hmm. was there like a different mindset with people where they seem more relaxed? Because here it seems like everyone's so, so busy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, they call it island time. Like if you go to Hawaii, they, you know, they Absolutely. say people run on island time. Very similar kind of um, lifestyle. Uh, if if you're in, if you're not in Auckland City, Auckland City, like uh, four million people, very met uh, metropolitan. Um, but again, we still do have our laid back kind of lifestyles. There is, we'll get there when we get there, kind of saying, you know, we'll get it done when it's when. It's, so people try not to be in a rush. Obviously, what you do for work dictates that. Sure. Um, but the lifestyle in general is. Um, very a lot more laid back, relaxed. Uh, I compare it to being out in Colorado. Very similar. Okay. Yeah, I love that island time. Island time. That's yeah. <laughs> gotta love island time. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I like to think on my RDOs in the summertime. I'm on island time, but that's, that's never the case. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was uh, your career like in New Zealand? Because you're you said you're on for 14 years. Yes, sir. So, what different units were you in, and um, what was it like to be a New Zealand officer? Uh, so I joined at a young age. I joined at 19, graduated academy at 20. Um, our academy is uh, very similar to your, our state police. Um, I did 14 years there. Um, I love patrol. That's where I started. Did six years on patrol. After that, I did a couple of special uh, specialist units. Um, did some time with our equivalent of TPU, so proactive work. Um, I was part of the community policing initiative that started in 2006 was my first introduction to that style of policing. Uh, I did a couple of other things in relation to motorcycle gangs and things like that um, and ended up in K9. Oh, wow. So a little bit of everything. So what was your favorite uh, unit there? Uh, my favorite unit would probably be uh, the time I spent in the uh, investigation units when I was assigned to the motorcycle gangs. Um, I just found that very interesting. It's a world in itself. It's a culture sure. in itself. Um, I enjoyed that, and then second to that would be K9. Um, but having said all of that, <laughs> patrol is what I where I love, and patrol is probably where I finish my career. Well, that's great. I mean, try a little bit of everything, but it sounds like you definitely have that passion. So down there, was the training any different, the equipment any different than here? <laughs> uh, slightly. So when I first joined in 2000, I graduated in 2000, uh, it was an eight-month-long live-in academy. Uh, we were sent down to the road with your radio and your OC spray, baton, and handcuffs. We didn't carry firearms. No firearms. No tasers. Uh, no firearms. Um, no long guns. No long guns. We were we were trained in it. We were trained in, in our Glocks, and back then it was uh, two, two, three rifles. Um, they were kept at the stations. So if an incident occurred that you needed firearms you would have to drive back to the station pick them up then go out to the car wow in 2005 i believe we got tasers 
uh, first the first generation of tasers, and even then, we weren't allowed to carry them on our on our duty belts. They were to be stored in our vehicles, to be uh, used when authorized by your patrol sergeant. Wow, I mean, was there like a SWAT team, or was that more of the military doing stuff like that? So we had our equivalent of our uh, QRT boys called the AOS Armed Defender Squad. They were a full time unit, but on call. So it would take them a minute to sure. kind of get together and respond to any calls that required their attendance. Um, so as you know, patrol, first there, last to leave. Um, you know, it's uh, one of those things where the training, you had to rely back on your training and mindset to get you through it until, you know, these specialized unit got there. Sounds like you got to learn how to talk to people too. I mean, especially if the de-escalation, I mean, we, we teach that. I feel like we do a good job with teaching de-escalation and we, we preach it a lot, especially when you don't have a firearm, right? You better be good at talking. Yes. Um, de-escalation, communication skills was something that was very big going through Academy New Zealand. Um, like you said, you know, you don't always have the opportunity to get to your other tactical weapons, but you've always got your mouth. And what I've learned over time as that is your most valuable tool your ability to communicate with people your ability to listen first mm -hmm. and then talk mm -hmm. will generally get you out of trouble now don't get me wrong there are times where people aren't going to listen but it's a good building block to start off with absolutely yeah. yeah that's a good point i think it's more listening to the other person before you're talking i mean every situation is different were the calls for service any different there compared to here? Calls of service are very similar. Um, New Zealand being so small compared to the States, we didn't have a lot of our CDS and drug and firearms um, violations weren't, you know, that, uh, that big a problem for us. Um, as the years went by in mid to late 2000s towards 2009, um, we started having a lot of issues with crystal methamphetamine and with our uh, organized crimes, a lot of Asian crime syndicates coming down. So towards the end of my career there, we started seeing, you know, an increase in gun violence and CDS things. But uh, initially, it wasn't as bad and com comparable to here, it still isn't as bad. Okay. So safe place to visit. Like. Very, very safe, <laughs> very safe place to visit. Um, as with everything, every place has its spots you don't really want sure, to go. Of course. Um, but in general, um, beautiful place, safe place to visit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are there any laws in New Zealand that would never work here? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so New Zealand is still a part of the Commonwealth. So we're still under the British rule. So as such, there are no constitutional rights that you're afforded. So we don't have you know, the constitution that protects you from unlawful searches and seizures. As a result of that, you could have your civil rights violated and not actually be violated technically. So one of the big things in New Zealand is that if you drive a motor vehicle, a police officer could stop you just for the fact that you're driving a motor vehicle to check your driver's license, wow. which in turn could lead to all sorts of other things, as you could imagine. Obviously here, we don't do that because it's unconstitutional. So I think it's something that I've realized now that, you know, I'm a very proud American citizen is that we are afforded a lot of rights and, you know, civil liberties that other places aren't. And I'm very thankful for that.
Sure. Yeah, I think we take that for granted. I mean, that law is still still, still present. Still Land there. Transport Act of New Zealand states: if you're a driver of a motor vehicle, you're subject to be stopped and must provide identification and proof of your driver's license. Wow. Yeah, that's totally different than here. Was it hard to make that adjustment from having to follow the the PC laws versus just Oh, there's a person. Why don't we stop them? Absolutely. Um, it, it was. It, it was interesting. Uh, I began my career in Colorado uh, in law enforcement here. So it was definitely something I had to get used to because I would see a vehicle and uh, your instincts would kick in and you'd say, you know, there's something not right. Um, but I couldn't do what I would normally do and stop it just to find a pretext stop. Now, you know, I had to get used to, okay, I need RAS sure. or I need PC to stop that vehicle. Um, which is a good thing. It, 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 in my opinion, it is absolutely a good thing. Good. All right, just got to point it out. So I've heard a lot of people say that they love your accent. <laughs> and it is a great accent. Would you say that we have an accent here in the United States? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's something that I think will always stay well, obviously you know I, I live the majority of my life in New Zealand so we you know whenever you, all we all my exposure to Americans prior to living here was what you see through TV and so I guess for me now there's not an accent when I speak to you know born and bred Americans but I know you still have an accent to me you do because <laughs> I still hear you guys as the people I first heard when I was watching TV that's funny. I hope that wasn't offensive. <laughs> <laughs> now, all good things, hence why I'm still here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I went to um, up in New England. I was doing a background investigation. I went up to, uh, I pronounce it Worcester, but they said it's Wasta. It's W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. So when I kept saying Worcester, they're like, what are you talking about? It's Wasta. You have a crazy mm -hmm. accent. I was kind of taken back by that. I was like, how dare you? You're well, the one with the accent. <laughs> funny story. I went to a call for service in uh, the David Three sector, and this lady asked me, she said, you're not from here, are you? I said, no. And she said, no, where are you from? And jokingly, I said, Colorado. And she replied, well, yeah, I, I picked up on the accent there. <laughs> so, so, that, was, that was an interesting one. That is good. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. So you mentioned Colorado. So you're in New Zealand, and then how did you get to Colorado? So uh, my ex-wife is actually originally from Colorado. She was born and bred in Colorado. Uh, we met here when I was playing uh, rugby, and uh, things progressed. Um, she actually lived in New Zealand for a, a short time, uh, but unfortunately due to employment issues, she wasn't able to work there. Uh, so we made the decision to come back here. Uh, she works at Fort Meade, and that's about all I can say. Sure. Um, so we made the decision to come here, um, and lo and behold, here I am. Um, 2015, we had a daughter, uh, you know, uh, so it kind of, uh, the marriage has since ended, but, you know, I have my daughter here, and uh, she's probably the main reason to why I've stayed. Sure, that's good. So you had to go out to Colorado, and you started your police career pretty much all over again. So you had to go through the academy again. Um, which department did you work for? And then what was the academy like there? So I worked for a municipal department called Thornton PD. It's about 10 miles north of downtown Denver. Um, 
it was a small department. We had around about 300 officers, sworn officers. Um, we worked in the county of Adams, so Adams County. Um, it was it was a great little department to work work for. The academy itself, um, had, that was my second academy. So I didn't know what to expect. It was my first academy in the United States. Um, it was very laid back. It was very Colorado-ish. Colorado-ish. Um, <laughs> you know, we were able to have cell phones in our academy class as long as they weren't turned on. Inspect and daily inspections were not what we did here at the academy through Anne Arundel. Very laid back, kind of like a university feel. Um, it had its good points, um, but I definitely enjoyed Anne Arundel's county uh, county's academy much better. I think it prepared me a lot better for what we deal with than Colorado did. So you don't think their laid back attitude was really appropriate for their officers, or you think it? works for Colorado? I think it may work for Colorado, but I also believe that the profession that we've chosen to do, there needs to be a certain level of discipline that is instilled in you through academy, especially if you are younger and this is maybe your first career choice. Um, I think it's needed because it sets you up for uh, success out on patrol or just policing in general. Um, if you don't have that level of discipline, I think you're going to struggle out on uh, when you hit the road. And uh, for that reason, I think maybe Colorado's Academy works for them because the lifestyle is a little bit different. Um, but I definitely think any new officer would benefit from our Academy, regardless of what state you, you know, you're going to be working in. So you definitely like what our Academy is doing. Would you say that it was your favorite Academy to go through? Uh, without even being biased, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I would say Anne Arundel's Academy was far, far the best I've been through out of all three. Um, the instruction was very balanced, and that's what I enjoyed about it. There was a good balance between discipline, um, teaching methods, um, the amount of training you got in you know specific fields, firearms, driving. I think it was very balanced, and I think that's what I enjoyed most about it, was that I felt prepared more so hitting the road here than I did when I graduated Colorado's Academy. Well, wow, that's great to hear. I mean, look at this new Academy and all the training opportunities that come with it, the, the simulators. Were you able to use the simulators? We here? were. We okay. were the first class to get go through that. And again, uh, a great tool, a great way to prepare for the street. Um, doesn't beat real life things, but it's as close as you're going to get. And, um, you know, it definitely makes you think, which is the main main thing, you know, is to start thinking, start thinking about how you can do things differently. And it's a great learning tool. So I, um, I know we utilize it in, in service and I think it's a great tool to have here. Yeah, absolutely. Keep learning from it, you know, learn here, make mistakes here in training versus going out there and not know what you're doing. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, it's great to hear that we're, we're doing it properly and, and better than some of the other departments you're with. But, um, uh, did either department you worked for um, have a wellness program? So initially when I started my career, um, they had a wellness program. It wasn't, it wasn't very well publicized. It wasn't accessible. Um, it wasn't something that was promoted. And I think that might have been to do with the culture and, and law enforcement back then as well. Um, I think that was not the right way to do it um, after having worked in this profession for a while. The older I get, the more I realize that the wellness program 
is probably one of the most programs you're going to have when it comes to law enforcement. If you don't look after yourself, you're not going to be any good to the department you work for. And I've seen it, um, you know, young officers join, rightfully so, enthusiastic. Everything's about the job. You know, you live and breathe it. And um, I still do. But what I've realized is that if I don't look after myself, I'm no good to anybody here. And that, that all comes down to balance, sure. leading a balanced lifestyle. And the older I get, the more important that becomes. Yeah, I don't know if I could say that any better than what you just said. I think you're about to take my job. <laughs> uh, I think I've got a long way to go before I get there. No, that's great, though. we got to have this separation. You know, I love to say own your RDO. So mm -hmm. on your days off, kind of separate yourself from the job and, and spend time with your family. It's huge. But um, no, that's, that's great to hear. I'm going to ask it. I think I know the answer. Did either department have a podcast? No, neither <laughs> department had a podcast. Um, and I think what we're doing here is, I think, a, a great way. A, a, it's a great tool because it's going to give people the ability to listen in and say, listen to what other guys and girls are thinking and say, hmm, maybe I'm in the same boat. You know, maybe I'm not that different if I'm going through hard times. Maybe, you know, what I'm dealing with, there are people out there that can help. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, I went through a divorce uh, separation um, and I was going through my academy in Colorado when that happened. And I truly believe that if I didn't have the mindset of looking after myself first, looking, making sure that I was okay mentally, I wouldn't have graduated. And so my mental and I guess um, emotional, you know, well-being came first and foremost. And I was able to balance that out and get through academy. Nobody even knew that I was going through a divorce. Um, but you have to be able to look after yourself. That's that's the only way you're going to survive this job. And it's a great job to have and to do your 25 and get out. But you got to make sure you look after yourself so you can do your 20 and enjoy your retirement. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great mindset. It's almost easier said than done, but you got to work work on it. And it takes it can take a while to have that mindset, but you just got to keep keep building and it's sort of, uh, I guess we could refer to as resilience. So I talked with Detective Priest on the last episode mm -hmm. about resilience. You know, his whole life in the being in the military and his brother getting injured and all the things that he went through with his shooting. You mm -hmm. know, all these things just made him become this great officer that he is now. And I, I see that in you. And it's awesome. And that's kind of what the younger officers need to see. And if they are going through hard times, uh, things will get better just keep moving forward and get stronger. No, I appreciate it. And, and you're 100% right. I mean, only through speaking out and being open um, will you be able to get the help that you need. And uh, there's nobody out there that doesn't need help. Um, having a good support system with you, I think, is key. Whether it be your brothers and sisters in the job, whether it be your church, whether it be your sports uh, you know, teams, whoever it is, but you have to be able to ask for it mm -hmm. and accept it. And like you said, it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I know it. I went through a suspension once uh, through an a, on the job related incident. Um, it, I was taken off the road for close to a year and only through the support system that I had was I able to go through it, come out the other end and still keep my passion for law enforcement. And here I am today still doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. Just just keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. Keep going. And you went through three police academies. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, I promise. I'm not doing any more. <laughs> that's good to hear. 
I mean, you got to have that, that strong mindset to, to get through three academies. Um, but yeah, touching on resilience, I mean, that's, that's big. Just keep moving forward. And um, the other thing is, you know, what is your why? So the other day, Sergeant Cook came to me. He's asking me, what is your why? Because mm-hmm. he wanted to showcase me on the department's social media page. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big social media person. So, of course, the first thing that came to my mind is, what is my why is I, well, I want to help people, mm-hmm. right? But I had to think for a few more seconds, and then I gave him my answer. That was actually my true answer. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. What is your why? I think my honest answer to that would be my why has changed. From when I first joined when I was 19 years old, my why back then, if you'd asked that Officer Ram, it was chase bad guys, have fun, drive fast, all that kind of stuff. My why today, after almost, I guess, 17, 16 years of service, is basically to make a difference. And I don't mean going out there and, you know, saving people from burning buildings, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just literally mean being able to help somebody, whether it be stopping and saying, hey, man, you good? Yeah. You need something mm-hmm. to with some of the bigger stuff. Um, that's my why, because I want to be able to show my daughter and my kids that the world needs good people. There are good people out there majority of people are good people they just need a hand now and then that's my why to be that hopefully be that guy that can help somebody that's it yeah i think you are i would what comes to mind is role model mentor i mean you've been through it so i mean whenever i see usually officers around you because you are friendly you're approachable and you talk to us that's that's great having um, officers like you in this department so we need to get you peer support trained once covid's done and there's more trainings (laughs) So that'll be coming. So another, this is going to be last year's question. So do you have any advice for department members that might be going through a divorce or that might be struggling in a relationship that might be leading towards a divorce? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I would say to them is um, reach out, uh, get help. Easier said than done. I get mm-hmm. it. But be open to the help. Um, there are so many uh avenues that you can go down this department offers a great you know support system use them um but remember that life goes on and it's tough to see it at the time because i went through it but like you just asked me remember your why because there is a, a bigger why than just your marriage falling apart and if you keep that in you know at, at the back of your head let people help you um, and remember that in today's day and age, there is no normal. Being divorced is, it's not the stigmatism that there was when I was going through things. Um, life is just life. If you're happy, you're happy, whether it's married or not. So ask for the help, be open for it. Remember that there's always people out here to help you. Like I said, this department, there's a great job in it. And um, use your vacation days, use your time off, mm-hmm. make use of it. If you need time to go and clear your head, your bosses will understand. Um, they're there for a reason. Your RDOs are there for a reason. It's you know sometimes I get it. It's to make extra money, but you got to weigh that up against your mental uh, and, and emotional well-being. You know, is working eight hours worth it when you could go and hang out with some of the guys from work or 
friends and family or church and get your mind right and, and work through the issues you're having. So reach out. Um, you may not know me, but you know my, my name now. So I'm always there <laughs> as uh, I know you are very accessible to everybody. Uh, I went through Academy and I have instructors here that I keep in touch with and they're always there to help. So this department does a great job of it. And I, and all I say is reach out. We're all here. We'll make it work. We'll get you through it. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just be open to meeting other people. Be friendly. Like we, we're not all robots. Like we're oh. humans, and and life is difficult. We all go through things. I mean, people, fifty percent of people go through divorce. So again, mm-hmm. you're saying that break that stigma. But if you have something that's going through your mind that you're struggling with in regards to that divorce, talk to somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. So that's that's great for that you shared that, and I thank you. All right. Positive note, future career goals with departments, anything? Future, future career, career goals. goals. Uh, like I said to you before, uh, patrol um, is and will always be my passion. I see that as the backbone of law enforcement. I think in today's day and age, it's underrated. People are so quick to try and get off and get into specialized units. And there is a there is a place for it. Uh, but if I do the remainder of my 19 years on patrol, I'll be happy. Um, I'd like to get back to K9 at some point. If that happens, then great. If it doesn't, I'll just be the best patrol cop that I can be. That's great to hear. We're happy to have you on our team. We're going to close on that note, and I'd like to thank you, Officer Rand, for coming on and sharing your experiences. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. We want to keep this going with a new episode at least every month, which means I need your help. If you have any interest in coming on and talk about wellness or to suggest another apartment member, reach out to me, Corporal Betts. I want everyone to have the opportunity to come on and share their experiences, their stories, their life lessons, or just to talk about anything relating to wellness. Till next time, stay safe and stay well.